Today's show is brought to you in partnership with ClearMotive Marketing. I co-founded this high-impact creative agency over 15 years ago. We deliver marketing that matters to our clients through our three-pillar approach. Number one, research that delivers actionable insights. Two, creative that attracts and engages new customers. And three, which is the backbone of our client's success, the people, process, and technology that ensure efficient, consistent, high-quality results. We have great ideas and incredible creative, which is expected from a national agency. What makes us different is that we also simplify workflow, use technology to speed up projects, and recommend activities that achieve higher returns. There is a mountain of work that happens behind the scenes to produce what our clients take for granted, and that's exactly how we want it. Because great creative combined with well-organized operations is why we have such long-standing relationships. For example, Honda Canada has renewed their contract with us annually for the last 12 years. Our clients are market leaders, so they're incredibly competitive. Efficiency, performance, and consistent results are the only way to get to the top and to stay there. If you're not getting the consistent results you need, I can help. Reach out to me on LinkedIn or check out clearmotive.ca. Hello and a warm collisions. Well, I see welcome to my guest this morning, Mr. Steve Brierley. How are you doing, Steve? Very good, thanks. Nice and really nice to be here. Uh, thanks for coming on, man. We got introduced as we do one degree of separation. Calgary conspires. I think from, uh, Rod Miller, and then I, and then since then, a couple of people have even I've heard your name since. It's just funny how once once you start banging into the 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 Venn diagram starts overlapping and gets real small really quick, which I do think is the superpower of the biggest small town ever, which 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 is Calgary. I'm going to warn my audience before we get started. We often talk about startups and funding and the journey towards. We're going to take a little bit. We're going to back into it actually from the other side. We're going to talk a little bit about the exit strategy or whatever that looks like. But the big word that I think is, I find completely needs a re um, a redefinition, which is retirement. So you are, uh, by self-diagnosed, living your best life. So let's unpack that. I usually put people in the elevator to give me their little bit of their pitch of who they are and what they do. So let's, let's, let's do it with that big banner of retirement floating over that conversation. Absolutely. You know, when it came up, it really, I was shocked that all of a sudden I'm in the retirement zone, but spent my uh, entire life working in a corporate sector post-secondary as well. And then all of a sudden, here I am looking at the end of my corporate life and wondering, what am I going to do? You know, I was, I didn't want to stop working. And to be honest, culturally, if you don't retire, you're kind of thought of as, as a bit of a loser in a way. Now, it's like, <laughs> oh, what, you can't retire? I mean, and then you hear people, oh, I retired at 40 or 50. Um, so it's I, either I, this I, weird, weird badge of honor when it happens early, or you you use f something up if it happens too late, right? Oh, There's a weird little sweet spot that absolutely. Uh, uh, but you're right. I have so many friends. Oh, retired at forty, looking for new opportunities, and it's like, oh wow, how did you do it? Versus like, oh, you're still working. What's wrong with you? Like, it's a very the psychology around it is very toxic, actually. <laughs> it absolutely is. You know, a big eye opener for me was uh, two years ago. I went to the Junior Achievement Business Hall of Fame dinner. So I'm sitting in this room with 700 people, billionaires, you know, local Calgary people. And looking at and realizing that all of the people there who were starting new businesses were in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. And what was the consistent thing for me? It was like, these are all higher performing people who would never retire because they're doing what they love. And, uh, you know, I've, it, that was really the driver for me and all of us to realize, hey, I don't have to retire. I can, I, can, I can do a startup now. I can do multiple startups. I'm hearing about startups in Calgary. Uh, there's a woman, Marjorie Zingle. 84, starting a new data I've analytics heard, I know company. her story, yes. I know yeah, story. incredible. And uh, so I thought, well, if, if it's good for them, then maybe it's good for me. And what do I need to do to change my mindset to think about it that And way? I've been in that room. That's a vibrant group of individuals. Oh, 
when it comes Absolutely. to like the age becomes quickly irrelevant. It's like, oh, you're, you're what age It's like, no, you're you. And this is what you're doing. The age almost becomes more of like, well, the, the 84 story, it becomes extra cool because you are 84. Like, it, was that just thinking about that room? Was that also a little bit about giving yourself permission to think about it differently? It absolutely was. And you know what? Mm. Prior to that, you had heard about it. You know, you read about it, but you're looking around and realizing I'm watching these icons in Calgary walking through and, and they're, they're not stopping. They're just, they're doing something new. They're doing something creative. And I honestly, that I want to be that person. So I, I want to, whatever it's going to take, I'm going to make it happen to get, to get, to become that person. Well, already just changing your mindset, you become that person. Let's talk a little bit about, like I've read, you know, in, in other conversations, retirement, where it came from, I think it was originally in Germany and they were, it was originally brought in as a mandatory at a certain age because they had workforce problems, getting young people in the work. Like even start times understanding, like we sometimes latch onto something so closely without actually, or intimately without actually knowing the origins of it going, Oh, mm. Oh, that's not what I thought. I don't know. Anything you want to share around just kind of how we even got to thinking about it the way we do in Western or, or even global culture. You know, it's good. It's a good, good question. Uh, you know, and for me, I, I think of it really it, um, aligned a lot with the corporation. I think of my grandfather and who worked at a company for 35 years, retired, got a watch, you know, the classic <laughs> retirement. Watch, right? yeah. And, um, and when I was in my early 20s, that was the plan. I remember my parents said, well, find a good job, retire. And then nothing was ever discussed about what happens after retirement. Um, you know, it's like you're going to sit around and do nothing, basically. So I think- And, uh, and kind of waste away, which we can talk about some of the stats around absolutely, that, which is scary yeah. of what happens if you don't have an active, if you're not an active participant in it. Absolutely. And then, you know, I think the new, the, some of the new things that are happening that I've seen in my corporate life is people are retired early. And not not on their own. Um, um, it's not their option, right? Mm. It wasn't so, their idea. Yeah. So I, there's like lots of variations of it. There's of course the people that retire early. There's the Freedom Fifty Five myth. I think um, hmm. uh, finance. It's a financial myth for most people. And um, I'm going to say that uh, retirement is changing. Here's an interesting stat I just read recently. One of the fastest growing demographics for new employment is 75 plus. Wow, in Canada, hmm. and and it's and it, there's a lot of reasons for this, um, but it's interesting that that started every day in the paper. By the way, uh, there's some kind of story about people not retiring, and sometimes it's because they can't, but sometimes it's they choose not to. The can't. Freedom Fifty Five, like that. I think that was a financial camp. That was a campaign by a financial by an investment company, I believe. Or it, it, like it was a Canadian company. It wasn't yeah. for the betterment of society. It was. It was. A, I'm a marketer. I love a good campaign, but some some really stick, right? That Freedom Fifty Five really stick. Is is for so many people that you encounter, even in your own conversations, even your own dialogue with your friends, your peer group. Is it often come down to that that dollar? Like, if I can't, geez, the second I can, I will, because doing nothing and just sailing off or doing whatever is the goal. But finances is, is always seems to be the fear that people, well, you know, Canadians don't have enough to retire. And you, that narrative is plugged all the time. It absolutely is. Well, here's some interesting data right now. Average Canadian couple retires on 69,000 net per year. Uh, average single person, 31,000. So, I mean, it, it may seem like a lot of money, but it's not. You know, when you, if you want to retire mm -hmm. in 70 grand, there's two of you, you're not traveling. Like, there's no way you're you're traveling overseas or you know, or you're not buying a boat, <laughs> you know? Yeah, you're, um, you're not fitting. You're, you're not, it doesn't look like that poster on the Freedom 55. Not at all. There's a percentage <laughs> of people that absolutely are living that lifestyle. But you know what? The average Canadian is not doing that. And, uh, and, I, and I think 
a lot of Canadians right now are retiring to poverty. And, um, and it, it means different things to different people, of course. But yeah. uh, there's a lot of pressures going on right now. Things we're I mean, thinking about, like, there's a lot of pressure right now for seniors to get reverse mortgages to get money for their homes, right? I know of a couple that ran out of money after they did that. And now they, they've lived too long, in other words. Um, and there's also uh, a lot of financial person, friends who have retired and they become so, I'm going to say almost paranoid about running out of money because, you know, they stop yeah, yeah. doing things, you know? And it's, well, there's also, you get less busy and less things to focus on. Yeah. And sometimes those things distract and you get too hyper-focused. And you that, absolutely can do. Be un, that can be unhealthy as well. It, it sure can. So it, yeah, it's, it's, it's multi-layered. And, but I, the, I think the bottom line here is that we're, we're really starting a new uh, way of looking at retirement and people are, are thinking about it differently and we're hoping, really well, it hoping like there's an appetite, it. like know, know your audience, right? At the end of the day. And it, it sounds like there's an audience Absolutely. that's like, Hey, I don't like that old formula of like, I sit off and I, you know, I sail off into the sunset and sit on the porch and wait to die kind of thing. And it's a little <laughs> exactly. bit like that. I think, unfortunately, most people listening know a story of someone who like worked and did the thing and like they, they, they followed kind of the social contract. They retired and six months later, they passed away or a year later, Absolutely. they passed away. Like that feels like they got ripped off <laughs> on that journey. Like they bought the story and it didn't work out. <laughs> you know, I know people like that and like, it's like sudden death after retirement. Um, it's, is there some crazy, don't, isn't there, there's some stats on that. I think you, in our first call, you shared some stats on that. Yeah, there really are. Um, and it, and it's like, it's not uh, really defined science just yet, but there's okay. uh, it typically here's one within 14 months of retirement. If you don't use your brain, you start to lose your cognitive ability. And so that's, Basically that's like working out a couple, you miss a gym for a week. You, you exactly. start to lose, you lose strength, right? It's literally yeah. the same use it or lose it. And, uh, and, but on that, that, that other concept of sudden death after a pandemic, this is more anecdotal, but I, I actually know people I've worked with people who were, you know, so excited about retirement. One guy in particular, he died 30 days after he retired and he worked so hard, um, you know, putting in the 12, 14 hour days and he was a lawyer. Yeah, he did all, he did all the right things. Yeah, in air quotes, yeah he did. Yeah. And, uh, so, it, it's sad. So if you were going to just for, for fun, cause, cause you've got the mic, you are my de facto expert. So if you were going to okay. redefine even the word retirement, let's not throw the word away. Let's just redefine it for starters. How would you even redefine it from that perspective? Cause you know, I think we've all identified, yeah, it's not working and that's, I don't want that version of it. Let's talk about firstly, how to redefine it. And then maybe some of the things like purpose or understanding what matters to you that, that are required to then kind of formulate maybe a, another phase of life. So how would yeah. you, how would you define retirement in a more, uh, beneficial way. You know, I, and that's a great question. I think, you know, part of it is it looking at it at a as a, a f- working flexible phase where mm-hmm. you identify something you love to do and you either want to get paid or you don't care. And uh you you focus your passion and energy in that area. And I think it's it's almost it's like let's not look at retirement like things stop. Let's look at it like things change and transition. And maybe, I mean, I, I've met so many people the past year who have done that. And it's so inspiring. Like, to, I was talking to a guy two days ago. He, uh, we were talking about retirement. He's 74. He's running a business here, here in the United Kingdom. And uh, he would never retire. So I, I think part of it is, like, his, like you said earlier, there's a mindset. And what do I need to do to change my mindset? But it can't happen at 65, though. 
It's gonna happen early. You got it. You got to do the work in it. Yeah, yeah you got to. When you I when I when it. I get there, I'll figure it out. That's a bit of a danger zone, right? Mm-hmm. It absolutely is because I think sometimes it's too late. Um, and so that's one thing. Here's another interesting data point in Alberta. There's 820,000 people between the ages of 50 and 65, um, and the fastest growing demographic is over 55. The younger demographics are getting are getting smaller. So there's a there's a large group of people that are um, kind of entering that zone where maybe their traditional corporate roles would enter, and but mm-hmm. maybe they can do a startup, maybe they can start a business, maybe they can go run a bookstore, maybe they can volunteer. Um, you know, it's it's really about choosing what you want to do. I heard a great line. This was at the junior achievement dinner, by the way. I, I love this line. Um, there's a guy who started Serve Pro in Calgary. He's 90, and his friend says to it, hey, when are you going to retire? And he says, well, what's retirement? His friend says, well, it's when you do things you like to do. He goes, well, I guess I'm retired. And, you know, and that's <laughs> like, he's 90. And it's like, wears a suit and tie. He would never stop doing what he loves. And I think we need to start thinking about it 65. So back, back to your question. It's a transition. It's the transition from your, your traditional corporate life, maybe, to something else. And it, it doesn't have to be a paid gig. It can be volunteer. It can be hanging out. It can be mentoring. I mean, there's so many, but it's keeping yourself active. I, lo- I love the, I read an article years ago and it was talking about <clears throat> the the misrepresentation of work-life balance that you need to try to fit it all into the day. I need to do family. And, and the article kind of talked about it. I said, no, your life has phases. You have the earning, you have the learning phase. You have the earning phase. You have the family phase. But they talked about it. If you balance it out and think and and are really clear what phase you're in, like I'm in the accumulating some wealth phase, and that was like from early, like early 30s into like maybe 50. Then mm-hmm. I get into like, oh, I've got some wealth preservation, but I still need to move into different areas and maybe community. And they 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 broke it out on a much longer timeline. They said what really burns people out is going, oh my god, I have to do all the things in the same day or the same week. And I have when I'm when I'm on the golf course, I'm stressed about work. When I'm at work, I want to be on the golf course. Like that's what actually crushes us is this myth that it's supposed to be superhuman and happen all at once. I really loved it when they talked about phasing life out, which is what I'm kind of hearing you say a little bit. Like it's just entering a different phase, which work flexible. I do what I want, when I want, how I want. Maybe there's revenue attached. And I know some older guys that they work at Home Depot. They're not yeah. doing it for the money. They do it because they actually love it. They meet people. They love all the gadget stuff. They get a, they get discounts on them, all the stuff they need to buy for their hobbies. And it's easy to look at that on the outside of like, oh, geez, didn't you used to be COO or something? And and they're like, yeah, and I did that, and I and it served its purpose. And now I'm actually doing something just because for fun, mm-hmm. and it pays for groceries or whatever, whatever the case may be. But it's easy to kind of look down on that until you maybe understand it a little bit more. It is, you know, we were laughing about this the other day, talking about you know changing the the. Uh, the terminology. And when someone says they're retiring, maybe we say, now we celebrate them. Maybe we need to say like, oh, too bad. I'm sorry to hear you're retiring. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear. It's more like, oh, cool. That's great. What's next? Like actually yeah. get right into that versus not yeah. what you're leaving, but what are you going to, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, if you look around, high performing individuals don't retire. They, yeah. they, they just keep going. I mean, look at the entertainment industry, you know, um, yeah. they, Look at the Rolling Stones. They're eighty. They're still they're still jamming, right? And defying uh, defying science in some ways, but that's another yeah. story. <laughs> There's some help, I'm sure. There, living but, proof yeah. that you can abuse yourself to no end and still make it to eighty if you've got oh, enough yeah. money to pay for uh, enough medical support, <laughs> full blood transfusions on a daily basis. Or that's whatever why they're doing the tour. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but I, you know, I think it's yeah. all around us, but it, we haven't really recognized it the way we probably should. You know, we think it's for other people. And, and Calgary is such a great area or city for this. You look at some of the people who have started businesses and um, like, especially in tech right now, there's a lot of tech startups that are being started up by people that have retired. Maybe they're putting money in, you know, um, it's like the you know, average age of tech founder in Calgary is even like mid forties or something. Like it shocked it really? me when I heard oh, the wow. number. Yeah. Wow, that, so that it gets portrayed in the media, which that's never misleading as this young, you know, Mark Zuckerberg in the, in the dorm room kind of yeah, thing. But when you yeah, look yeah. at the real numbers, it's not that at all, actually it's individuals. And I know with the downturn in oil and gas, there was lots of highly skilled individuals with a little bit of capital behind them that mm -hmm. said, well, if this, in, if this industry is no longer going to serve me the way it has, maybe I'm going to go do my own thing. Absolutely. A lot of those individuals were older, were older yep. in that journey. And sometimes, and sometimes it worked out. Sometimes it didn't. They ended up going back into corporate, but you know, is there also a fear around this? Just even the, like, we got to clear the way we got to let these younger generations come in. We've got to retire people out. And as I'm running a big corporation and I'm looking at cutbacks, those bigger salaries get on my radar, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and I've got a huge liability from a pension perspective. I've got all the things that I've got to go, whoa, I need to deal with that. Like there's so much more to that than just, oh, you're getting older, Freedom 55. There are some like very just almost sociopathic um, company decisions that get made around, well, this is just the numbers and these numbers cost us more than this number. So let's move these out down the cycle. Like there is part of it that is, we're victim a little bit of just the business case sometimes. We are. We absolutely are. And I think that's why you have to be prepared. And um, so if you wait mm. till you're 55 and you're getting walked out the door, you're going to have a challenge. Um, however, yeah. if you're, if it's top of mind for you and you start to cultivate maybe something you love to do or, um, and then you just do it. And if the transition happens, maybe you change your direction, but you do something that you love to do. I mean, I've, I've just in my life I've been so lucky that I've seen people do this who have come out the other side and are incredibly happy. And, and the best, best thing ever happened oh to me kind of storyline. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. And you know, and it, it's, it took me like 20 years to realize this, to be honest, like I saw this all around me and I never, it never stuck with me. And now I like, I think I'm just attracting it somehow, but I'm, I'm hearing these <laughs> well, stories. Well, you putting it out. Yeah, the the are, universe is, is it, but, when you put that frequency out to the world. Yeah. I had a friend yeah. who used to work in career transition and he said the hardest ones were the mid fifties males mm -hmm. where they got terminated and he was brought in as the follow-up. Uh, yeah. kind of guy with the career coaching, the transition. And he's like, for some of the more senior, we had an office set up. We had fake business cards made. We had a yeah. new cell phone because so much of their identity and who they were was that role or that plaque on the door, or that, that corner office or that any office. And to even allow them to move forward, they had to prop up so much of, oh, okay, I didn't, I didn't actually have my whole identity ripped out from under me. Right. And, you know, and even though it was contrived and it was, it was, a, it was a little bit Hollywood actually in, in, in a mm -hmm. way, mm -hmm. that's what was required for them to even be able to think about what comes next. So let's, 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 let's not pretty it up here. Talk to me about doing the work. I'm in my job and I'm going forward. Like how important it is, like, and you've talked about it even on our first call, purpose and what really matters to me. And that feels like something that can get kicked down the road until all of a sudden you get the kick and you haven't done that work. So talk to me about that. And do we shy away from it? Are we being a little bit, is it scary? Is it a bit soft terminology for some, especially certain age groups maybe? <laughs> yeah, I think it's, you know, it's good. Uh, it's scary. And I think for the client, well, here's um, apparently about 15% of people in North America have identified their purpose. <clears throat> Excuse me. So it's not a common practice. And I think it is scary because wouldn't wouldn't the worst thing be that if you're in your fifties and you look at your purpose and you realize you've been living a lie 
for 40 years or 35 mm -hmm. years, let's say. Um, but if you do identify your purpose and you find out what the next step should be, that is an incredible feeling. I, I went through that process and it was a life as corny as it sounds. It was was that soul searching, going, walking in the woods, going to see a shaman, or was it a, was it a focused, you went and you actually took a course or you got it, you got someone from the outside to help you. Like what was your journey around that? Yeah, you know, I, maybe I, all of the above. All of the yeah, above. <laughs> well, a bit of it was uh, a, a gentleman uh, that I I know who also, by the way, is eighty, just started a new consulting company in the states. He said, "Have you ever thought <laughs> you're hanging about out with some inspiring oh, individuals? Yeah. That doesn't hurt, right? Yeah. And <laughs> now, now says, you're trying to keep up to them, and they're eighty. That's awesome. <laughs> and I can't, <laughs> not even close. But he says, That's you know awesome. what? Have you ever thought about your purpose? He said, Why don't you come and do it? We're going. We're going to have a retreat. So it's in Vermont." And I said, okay, I'm going to, so I, I fly to Vermont. Oh, Vermont's a beautiful part. I grew up in Quebec. Oh. Vermont's a beautiful part of the world too, to go Absolutely. hang out in the woods and do your thing. Yeah, yeah. But Vermont's you would have loved it because we, so we're driving through this, uh, you know, farm area. All of a sudden there's this incredible building. It's a retreat center. I walk into this building. There's 12 other people there, CEOs and presidents of major organizations in the U.S. I'm very intimidated by the way. And, um. Yeah, so imposter I syndrome. Like, why am I here? Who oh, am I? Yeah. Why should I be in this room? Like, that must, I can feel that already. Just hear you say. Oh, it, it was hard, and and I and you know, plus I'm in the middle of nowhere, and I uh, for two days <laughs> you, you can't escape. <laughs> I can't escape. There's no escaping. Of course, they can never find me either if they happen to lose me. But I, uh, you know, I so for two days really I went through a process, and it's really about identifying what 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 I value, what are some of the passions, and what are some of the talents I have. And where I want to go with that. And so I did that. And it was very disruptive, by the way, because it made me change my cur the current role I was in, which was very stable and well-paying, to something I wanted to be in the sport. I wanted to be around sports. So I ended up joining uh, Canadian Tire and Sport Check and doing their corporate uh, corporate executive development. But I got to wear shorts to work. You know, I was hanging around with Olympic athletes. Um and I versus working in a maybe a, a very highly structured environment. So right. I, I that that happened. And then from then I realized that I wanted to help people. So I, I went back to school. I, I got a got some, some more information about how I could help and here I am. It's like eight years later and I like it it took say, how long ago was that? Eight, eight years. Yeah, eight years. Um but I, I got as soon as I got back from Vermont, I jumped into it. So um and it was, I'm going to say it was by accident that I did this, by the way, but uh, I, and now I, I can't stop talking about it. I actually teach a course on how to do this. I, um, there's a book called The Power of Purpose by an author named Richard Leiter out of the US. And, um, you know, I've done it with my son who's in his early 20s. Uh, and my wife has done it as well. It, it really is like, so once you've identified, let's say, your purpose, then you can say, okay, what do I, what do I need to do to, to, to work and do in that, do that every day? So that's, yeah, what does that look like from a high level? Do yeah. you find like just referencing your son, do you think that there's, that we've got future generations that will be 60 one day that are going to be better prepared for this? Cause it does, it feels like a, a relatively new narrative where your son, and I think in his early twenties purpose and why, and what matters to me, like even the way my niece and nephew talk about what they want to do in their careers, there is a deeper level there that oh, yeah. you don't always hear with my 45 or 50 year old friends that are like, it's dollars and cents. I got to get the next deal. I got to get the exit. There is often more of a money conversation, not nothing good or bad, mm -hmm. but my niece and nephew in their early twenties talk, you can hear it. They just talk differently. Mm -hmm. My son does that too. And for him, it's like, yeah. okay, I'm not, I want to do what I want to do. 
not going to settle. And I want to enjoy my life. And I was the exact opposite. Just like you said, how do I get a paycheck? And what, what will it look like 10 years from now? I have no idea. But as long as I'm getting paid, I'll be good. I that think, was a little you know, bit of the narrative, right? Yeah, I think the future is looking really positive, by the way, when it comes to the uh, concept of, of purpose and uh, work and what it should look like for you. I really do. So if I'm listening to this and I'm in my late 40s or early, it's funny when we talk about 55, I just turned 50 a few weeks ago. So Congratulations. Like, oh, 55, and I'm, I'll say yeah. thank you. I made, it this, yeah. I made it this far and you're it's never been of, better. You're part of a <laughs> demographic. There's 820,000 of you. No, like, I, I, I'm like, I am in that demographic. That, you know, sometimes when you're like, again, when you're marketing and there's this demographic and all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, that's me. Actually, are you actually, I'm in that demographic. That feels weird to me. Because I don't associate, I don't know, There's, all, I think we always look to older as something different than when we got there. Oh, <laughs> I did. Absolutely. I'm like, what is this? What? I don't think this is what 50 looked like when I was 30 looking at 50. And anyways, that's it. We'll talk about that. Uh, but, um, the Is purpose that first step or is it just going, hey, you know what? There's other options for me. Because sometimes we feel like, like right back to the beginning of the call, being in that room at Junior Achievement, and uh, I moderated the uh, announcement ceremony for that. So I'm very familiar oh, with that no group. Way. And I, okay. loved, I love, yeah, when they did it at the Petroleum Club and I wasn't in town, I wasn't able to make it to the dinner. So I'd love to hear you talk about it. So I got to meet those individuals and just kind of be part of that that whole journey. It's very inspiring. And there, none of them, none of them were young. There was one, Brianne, I think, who was young, and that was kind of an anomaly for the organization to actually bring a younger person to the table versus the 70, 80, 90 year old crowd, which was amazing. Yeah. You had you gave yourself permission. Is that the first step? Like if you're talking with someone and what do I do and how do I do it? It sounds fluffy, but that really does to me sound like step one. It is. It's it's that reflection. It's like looking back. And looking back and look at, you know, looking at your amazing life and what, what, what did you do and what were some of the high points and then really gathering that information and taking that and, you know, pushing it forward. So it, it does. It's kind of like, what, what have you done so far? Not even what have you done? What yeah. have I done so far? I've got to hear, but man, I'm really excited. Have you heard of, um, I think it's called the end of history phenomenon. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. No. I heard this on a Ted talk years ago. And if you, it's the concept is if you ask someone, Steve, like how much have you changed in the last 10 years? Like you 10 years ago to now, significant change, totally different person. Oh yeah. 180, well, completely different. But often when you ask people, how are you going to be 10 years from now? They're often like, well, yeah, kind of who I am now. Like I've kind of arrived. Like there's always this sense of history is kind of over and I've arrived at who I'm going to be. Oh, right. But yet when we look back, it's like, holy shit, I'm so excited about the next 10 years because I was a knucklehead 10 years ago. So I can only imagine I'm a knucklehead now. I just don't know yet. But 10 years from now, it's going to be awesome. But we have this psychological barrier to go, well, but th this is me. Like this is who I am. And it's kind of not stagnant, but maybe status quo. Mm -hmm. But history would say that that's completely not true. <laughs> it sounds mm -hmm. a little bit what we're talking about here of even getting excited about, holy shit, I know I'm going to change a lot in the 10 years. How deliberate can I be about that maybe? Yeah. Or how pointed can I be about where that ends up? Mm -hmm. Well, I think the key word you just mentioned is deliberate. Like, how do you do this? Because part of it is uh, discomfort. So you almost have to, you know, it's embracing the discomfort of not knowing what's going to happen. And really riding that out and, and actually putting yourself into awkward situations and then learning from that and reflecting and taking the path forward. You know, I, I, I think it's, it, it does take, it does ha require that reflection though. And you often yeah. need to do it with somebody else. And I'm going to say, maybe not your spouse sometimes. 
maybe someone who is. Uh, I would argue that probably not your spouse sometimes for yeah, some of, some of the initial work. I think that they need polite. to be a source. <laughs> but yeah, get 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 yeah, yeah yeah. Don't hang wallpaper together or teach each other how to drive a standard car. I think Definitely. this would fall into that category. <laughs> or, or identify your purpose. Yeah. I, I, uh, so I have three to that now. But I, I think yeah. it's so true. It and it's um, so find somebody who's going to give us some good feedback and. Um, but it, the cool thing about it is you get to, you know, learn some new things and maybe you need to learn a new skill, for example, who knows, um, lots of great opportunities out there. Well, if you're lucky, you get to learn new skills, you know, that just all about how you reframe yeah. it. Like, yeah, being uncomfortable though, is like, that's, that's avoided, but we all know, we all know on paper academically, that's where the yeah. most change happens. But yet we try to like, you know, put us up, put us in the padded room. It's not, it's, it's, you know, you're not learning much. You're not going forward. But how do you how do you make it uncomfortable enough that you're learning, not getting discouraged and checking out? Like there is a fine line there too, right? You go exactly. too deep into the pool, and I love to swim, but you throw me in the middle of the ocean, I'm probably going to have a bad day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and you know your original point about the mindset. So it's like having that mindset. Uh, there's a book called Mindset, actually, and it's about having a growth mindset. And mm. what do I need to a do? Growth, to, yeah, growth to, versus fix, right? Is the alternative yeah, fix versus yeah. growth mindset? And, yeah. and so if I adopt that and I try something and I don't like it or I fail, I just learn something. I learn something I don't like. So I, I, I do, I know we do that. And my, my wife and I do that a lot. Yeah. We versus this right or wrong pass or fail kind of mindset. Yeah, which, yeah. Again, we love to intellectualize failure is great, but no one likes to fail. So it's, it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky sword for sure. It has <laughs> both yeah. sides that are easily falling upon. <laughs> oh, it absolutely is. Yeah. Thoughts on, and, uh, I will only, I'll speak to the male narrative because I think you and I might be qualified to speak on that. I won't touch on the female side, but sure. is there a bigger challenge or is the challenge different? So bigger, worse, different for, for men. Cause I think I just look at my dad that there was a narrative they were given of you follow a certain rule book. And at the end, it'll look like this. And I know a lot of men that it didn't look like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And whether they had, there was a divorce or there was something in the family that happened or a business or they exited, uh, my dad was a farmer and old farmers do not retire. They just do something else or else they, they literally shrivel up. And I remember when my dad transitioned, uh, we were, my sister and I were like, oh my God, how's this going to go? And surprisingly moved to a new area, found a new community, bought a whole bunch more tractors. So he felt good and cuts wood and, you know, he's in his late seventies and he's in the bush every day doing his thing. But that was rough. And I see some of the gentlemen that he were in his life that all of a sudden they've become this broken down version of themselves. They were yeah. so unable to change. And it definitely felt like, but I know a lot of women in that same age category, they seem to have went more non-for-profit, more in community work. Like I've seen, I'm, I'm, I'm painting some stereotypes, but I also want to be real about it. Is there a different narrative sometimes for, for men in that, in that, in that bracket? Yeah, age, age well, there is. And some of the research suggests two things that women, uh, when they hit that zone, they're a little bit better at networking, better at connecting with community, better at doing something, volunteering. Men, unfortunately, are retiring to TV and booze. And there's, there's a lot of alcoholism that happens. I don't after care how retirement. old you are, nothing comes good. Nothing good comes of that. Yeah, I know, I know. And and booze so, and TV. Oh goodness, it's a, it's a bad. Combo. And throwing a little Facebook, and your day yeah. is really off to the races. Yeah. And then you know the one of the worst things now is it perpetuates loneliness. And um, there's been oh, which, a lot which of- Which really is a mental health concern. Absolutely. Real but concern. just recently, they were saying that being lonely is equivalent, I think, to smoking half a pack of cigarettes a day on your health. Um, oh, because I've heard sitting is the new smoking. So lonely yeah, is the new smoking as well. I like that. I'm going to quote. I'm going to say yeah. that to somebody later today. I'm like, hey, you know what I heard today from my friend Steve? <laughs> yeah, lonely is the new smoking. But it's uh, but I the, there's tons of research suggesting mm. that if you're lonely, it's going to uh, certainly increase your your- uh, propensity to get sick. And, um, and it's, you know, it's a, I think it's a spiral. Um, I, once again, I hear the opposite stories of the people who are starting businesses. 
who friends of mine whose parents have just kind of retreated to nowhere. And, uh, and often it's like you said, it's a divorce or maybe a, a spouse has died and it's loneliness and, and, but it's hard to get out of that. It's really hard. So, um, maybe that can be prevented if in advance you think about, you know, one of the terms we thought of was, you know, it maybe search for something instead of someone to have a great life. So, okay, tell me more. so yeah. So for example, um, let's say you want to help people. Well, search for something. Maybe it's volunteering. And uh, let's, I'll use the Calgary Food Bank because I know they have 700 volunteers every week there. So uh, the, the, the something for me is, is that I want to, um, you know, help, uh, help people. And, and the someone is I'm going to meet people when I'm there, but I'm not trying to find a person. I'm not trying to create my own little kind of network of, of friends. I'm trying to find something to do that the uh, outcome is that I have a group of friends. I've, I've tried that, you know, when you try to get a group of guys together, for example, and it's really hard uh, to, to make it happen. But if, if I'm searching for something like, okay, now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be a mentor, for example, and I'm, and I'm around other mentors. Now I've got some, some connections. So still working on that concept, to be honest, but um, I, I think there's, I think there's a dramatic difference between um, spouses and even when the spouses are both alive, um, where one can all of a sudden become very busy and the other one is not, and it can create some resentment and, uh, some challenges. So I think you need to do stuff together. You need to do something separate, but you know, find something you love to do, some kind of passion. What I'm also hearing you say is something I've always. My wife and I've been married 20 years, so we have you know that that is a track record. Is never forget to to grow as individuals, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you tend to come together. And you're right; there often is some. I have some older friends, and there's clearly some codependency going on there. And it's hard. You've been married 40 years. Yeah. There's a narrative and there's a rhythm you get into. But when one starts going down a path and the other pulls back, that can create, that can almost make the one feel even more like they're missing out and feel Absolutely. like they're left out. And there's a, there's a, there's a mental health narrative that gets started, mm-hmm. but I love the searching for something versus someone. Cause let's just talk about the food bank. I volunteer at the food bank by default. I'm there with like-minded individuals because we're all taking our most yeah. valuable asset, which is time. And we're giving it to something and you're going to end up packing food baskets beside somebody. And, you know, when you go on the search for someone, that can almost be, oh, that oh, that sounds like networking. That sounds like, oh, I don't like that. But I'm going to go do something I care about, and I'll probably run other into other people that care about that thing, because yeah. mm, it is about common ground sometimes, right? Mm. It absolutely is, and I and I think that that's uh, it's just something to consider as we, you know, as we, I mean, there's nothing stopping us from doing it any time during our lives, but it does yeah, make course. a difference, you know. And you create these uh, networks of people. That, you know, maybe I have a volunteer group. Maybe, guess what I'm doing? We're working now. I have a buddy who's now a beekeeper. And you know what? He's got a bunch of friends who are beekeepers. So, and honestly, this, you would have never <laughs> thought this guy would be a beekeeper. And so. That's so funny. I'm jealous, actually. Well, finding, finding friends that also have like uh, projects and properties and things yeah. to do, they're always looking for a hand. <laughs> Absolutely. You can, yeah. You know, that's that's the one advantage. I think that's also. I, I grew up in a rural environment. I live in the city, and and you and I chatted in my ideas. So I was I just purchased a rural property, and and people are like, oh, you go to 
do work to relax. I'm like, well, I go to do something that's completely different from what I do in my daily life. Yeah. So it allows me to kind of bring this other part of me alive that I'm like, oh, all of a sudden now I'm like, oh, I can, I kind of have a, a vision of the next 10 or 15 years where before is like, you know, my city life and my knowledge worker and my running my business I love. But all of a sudden this thing showed up that was completely different, but somehow filled me up in a different way. And I, yeah. Intentional, but a little bit by accident, I kind of put myself out there and went, oh, Oh, I, I, I like, I like this more than I thought I did, but I had to give it a, I had to kind of put my toe in the water, right? Yeah. Bit. Which is fantastic. You've done that. I mean, you're doing everything that we're talking about. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I, I just can't see it. my, one of my financial guys asked me the other day, he goes, uh, so Tyler, what are you thinking about retirement? I, I laughed and maybe it was last week. So I knew this conversation was coming. I said, I said to do what different than I'm doing now. He's like, Oh, if that's your narrative, he goes, we're good. I won't bring it up again for at least another five years. I'll just park it. <laughs> so I was like, great. what would I do different? Maybe a little bit less of this and maybe a little bit more, yeah. you know, going on the tractor and doing farm stuff. But otherwise it's pretty much what I would do, but I didn't really thought about it that way until someone threw the word at me as a question. I was like, it kind of took me back for a second. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's true. It's very true. I've been puzzling, I'm puzzling it a little bit ever since. So, Let's talk about the financial side a little bit, because I think a lot of people are like, yeah, yeah, this all sounds great, but I got to make more money. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. I've also had friends that I'm like, well, how much is enough? Well, I don't know, but I don't have enough. <laughs> yeah. How important is it to actually, like you, you rhymed off some of those numbers, like, is that part of this journey, like aside from purpose? And I recognize that that's separate from finances, but sometimes mm -hmm. there is just the mechanics of life costs money. Things cost money. Absolutely. And I, and I um, you know, lately in the media, they, they've been saying 1.7 million um, to retire. That, that's a number that they've used through the Bank of Montreal. Um, I think what we're trying to do is look at it a little bit differently. Instead of having a pot of money that you withdraw from, why don't you have a pot of money you put money into and just and save that? Uh, even if it's, even if you, if you, maybe you don't necessarily need it, maybe you put a thousand or two thousand bucks a month into a pot from working part time. Um, and that will certainly alleviate a lot of fear people have of running out of money. But um, it, it's just a different way to look at it, I think. Then, and I think banks are going to start getting around that concept. You know, they're talking about raising the retirement age in Canada uh, potentially. Um, whether they do or not, I don't know. But they're talking about making it sixty-eight. And um, what is it now? Is it sixty-five or 65? sixty-five? But technically, it's like seventy-one is like the maximum um, year when you have to retire or do something or get an annuity. You know. And, right. um, I mean, the rule, I'm certainly not a financial expert. In the well, and that's tied agent. to RSPs and that's tied to yeah. when you're forced to pull money out and it's tied, it's, it's tied to, to, a, to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So maybe, um, what we're trying to do is like, okay, let's think about everything here. If I go, if I do my purpose and I realize that, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to travel, let's say some of my passion, but I need some money to do that. Well, how do I do that? So it's, it's, it's a, it's a process where you'd say, okay, I want to keep making some money. And maybe I just, maybe just keep a thousand bucks a month. I don't know, to take the edge off, for example. I don't know. It's, it's so different. I appreciate though, what you're saying is let's change the narrative from this all or nothing kind of thing. Like yeah. I've got zero and now I have to go strictly off, basically live off my interest and hopefully not deplete my capital before I run out of time horizon. Like, which exactly. where some of the paranoia could come in and inflation and like, we're all notoriously bad at predicting the future. Oh, <laughs> Every, everyone is sure. notoriously bad. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's something that people need to consider for sure. Um, have you read The Psychology of Money by Morgan Housel? No, I haven't. I just read it. I highly recommend it. It's really, it's a great book about finances and they don't talk at all about money, if you know what oh, I mean. Okay. It's okay. all about the psychology and the mindset and oh. 
they have lots of examples of individuals like they, they use Warren Buffett a little bit about how the bulk of his wealth wasn't accumulated until after 65 years old yeah. from a handful of specific investments and just really managing the psychology of what you're trying to accomplish, staying in the game for the long term, the power yeah. of compound interest, like a lot of the fundamentals that won't blow your mind, but it's it's written in a way that's like, huh. And he uses nice little punchy talking points. Where you're like, you know what? That's a good point. Like that's a really good slight shift in even how we think about it. Cause I think we're also so often very poorly equipped to how to even think about quote unquote money. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And like you said, there's so many uncertainties right now with inflation and uh, you know, condo fees and like it, it it's everywhere, right? I mean, things are just being thrown and potential uh, or, you know, there's a potential now of, of taxing capital gains uh, on your primary residence, right? So yes. um, if that happens, the government's looking for its pound of flesh. Well, oh, that's, another, that, that's that, another, that's another podcast for another. That'll day. change that change. That'll be such a bad change in Canada. If that happens where people are relying on their capital gains from their home yep. to retire. Imagine if they have to pay 40% tax on that. And that's been a narrative that's been told and promoted. And yep. like, that's, that's a smart way. And that's the, you know, and so many people I know a, a good chunk of their wealth is tied up in their prime, in their primary and, and then let's not like, all those people that had that 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 condo they bought that they were going to Airbnb that now they can't Airbnb. I exactly. got a friend who's not that old and he just got caught in 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 Kelowna and all of a sudden he's like, oh shit, like it's not big enough for my primary residence. The market has dropped off and I can't rent it out anymore. And that was part of my one of my like, yes. this is a smart move. You can't go wrong with this smart real estate play. And they just changed the bylaw. Like that, those are the kind of left yeah. hooks that can be really discouraging when you're on the journey, right? And I think having a plan where you're going to you know put money into the bucket. Uh, changes that it changes the dynamic, and um, so it, that's. Although we don't talk about financial planning necessarily, we talk about the concept of you mm -hmm. know. And well, it's the mindset around it, right? There's financial yeah. planners. There's lots of people out there. That's what I love about that book. I will. I couldn't recommend it more highly because it, it's all about mindset, and it's it's very it's the psychology of money, literally, and it, it gives so many. It's the book everyone should read when they're 20 that they probably wouldn't get, but you should read it because <laughs> you'll be on the right path. Go, You're supposed oh. to read books in their 20s? <laughs> yeah, well, fair, yes, touche, touche. Uh, oh, you mean I've been thinking about it all wrong this whole time? Maybe. Well, not maybe wrong, but not as effective, not as, effective as possible. Uh, yeah, I'll certainly look at it. So co-founder at Disrupt Retirement, is this a movement? Is this a book? Is this a course? Is this, well, clearly it's a passion. So I love that. Yeah. But from a business perspective, you know, what does that, what does that look like for you? Yeah. It's kind of yes, 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 yes to all your questions there. <laughs> right on. Um, what, what we're really doing is we're, we're putting together a, a, pro, a course or a program and it's, it's around helping people identify the purpose and to really plan. And that's, that's the goal. Uh, we're going to do it through a conference. Uh, so we'll have a conference to bring people together, we'll bring guest speakers together. Here are some inspiring stories of people. Yeah, that so, have, so community, yeah. so a lot, big community, uh, aspect. Absolutely. And, and I, and so what we have, we'll have a book. Um, but the, the one thing we're also going to be doing is, is helping to create retirement teams with people. So like, like say for example, uh, you come to this conference we'll put you on a team of six people and you're going to help each other. So I, I, if you're on my team, I'm going to say, here's my plan. And you're going to say, that's a dumb plan. That's a great plan. Uh, let me help <laughs> you get there. And, and so you will create these mentoring groups, hopefully alleviate some of the loneliness that's happening, help people create yeah. networks and uh, share some best practices. So that's, it's, that's that. Well, and you're stepping right into the, the, the loneliness, like reducing that loneliness risk, which then has a cascading series of negative effects like mental health and, absolutely, and physical absolutely. health and all the things. And the big, the big hairy, audacious goal is we're, we're trying to put a TV series together. 
Um, oh, fantastic! Netflix, yeah. like the like the Blue Zones kind of thing, but it's yeah, the retirement pretty much zone. <laughs> like the Blue Zones. Yeah, and yeah, the, yeah, totally. Or there's a one in Edmonton. It's called How to Cheat Death, and it's uh, so same sort of format. Oh, I, I love it, a good catchy title. I'm yeah, more, yeah, I love. I'm I'm like, tell me more about this cheating death business. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. Um, it, it, but what we're trying to do is is get the information out, and it's 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 changing the narrative. And I know it's a uh, it's going to be a challenge, but I really would hope to hear someone say, "I'm sorry, you're retiring." That would we would have won if someone says, "Oh, I'm sorry to hear you're retiring." You know, um, instead, instead of getting a congratulations card, get a condolences card. That is, that is funny. So, sorry to hear about your retirement. Uh, excited <laughs> to hear what you're doing next. Give me a call. Let's have a coffee. Yeah, but talk about right. it. I do like. I like the. Uh, I've been in executive group for years with business leaders, kind of similar. Where we would call each other out, and they call it carefrontation, oh, and, and having people in the room that care enough to confront you when you're about to step on a landmine. I heard a little carefrontation in your model, which I love. So if you yeah. feel like co-opting that word, I'd recommend it. I love yeah. that word because I'm like, because only if you do care enough will you confront someone about something like that. Because otherwise, it's easier just to go, "Oh, that's nice." Like, hey. I'm like, you know, you can be, you can be soft about it. I'm curious. I wonder, is that actually, do you think that's actually going to work out? What do you, you know, that care yeah. model I'm, I'm a big fan of. Uh, yeah, I'll have to. And sometimes that. strangers do better at it than the people close to you. <laughs> One of my biggest inspirations is uh, Colonel Sanders. You know, that story. He started mm. that at 65. Like, and he was a billionaire by 82, but he loved his chicken. You know, like. It, it's and literally an, hustling it door to door to get somebody to go. Yeah, that, that's, that's a great story. And, you can um, learn a lot from bio, from from bi bi biographies can be very inspiring. <laughs> oh yeah, and 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 so back to this mindset concept. It's like looking around and just looking at all the people around us that are doing this and sharing those stories because we we don't hear about them very often, you know, honestly. And uh, so hopefully yeah. with this, uh, it's not it's not what catches the headlines. The same. No, it's not. So hopefully with this movement, it can get people to start listening, talking about it. Um, I can tell you one thing: when I talk to people, it's amazing to see the response. And how it really resonates with people. Well, you're giving you know? them a new way to think about an old yeah, thing. And that's there's a lot to be said for that. I, and I love it from a business model perspective. It's we're we're, we're all heading we're, we're all heading that direction. <laughs> you have an unlimited um, yeah. supply of fresh new uh, uh, ideal customer profiles. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's a very growing it's absolutely growing demographic. But it's uh, it, it is and it's interesting um, when you talk about I've had, seen a few speakers lately talking about some of the challenges we have globally around demographics and we've got more old and we've got young and. I wonder how much that narrative, and I know there's some very clear science around if you don't have a strong, uh, you know, if, if you don't have, if you have the upside down bell versus the proper, like how it looks, if you look at those demographics, uh, yeah. portraits of how big your young generation is, but if the older generation completely changes how they engage economically, how they, if they mm -hmm. take care of themselves and they're in better shape. So there's less burden on the medical system. Like I know that demographics are, what is it? It's the predicting the future by, by, by the study of the past to a certain, or I forget something, something to that degree. It's like, it's knowing the future based very clearly on what has happened. Mm -hmm. But what if that 55 means something different than it has in the past from a healthcare perspective, exactly. from a revenue perspective or 65 or 75 means something different? Because if we're not growing more young people, we better start looking at how us as the older generation interact very differently, which was, well, you get to this age, you're going to be this burden on the system and you're going to, this many percentage will run out of money. And what if we changed all that? Like, it feels like our only way to disrupt the fact that we're just not making as new, many new humans in some of our societies as we used Absolutely. to. <laughs> well, here's an interesting, another piece. The government of Alberta has a project going on right now and it's about ageism in the workplace and they use 45 mm -hmm. as the start of ageism. 
So imagine that. Okay. When I, I sweet baby Jesus, I feel old, Steve. Yeah. You're five years <laughs> past your prime. All I can tell you, but, uh, out to, um, out to pasture. I'm that pasture. I'm a business owner. So maybe that's somehow just to like make, there's a different narrative there, but I'll, whatever I'll, I'll spin whatever narrative I need to keep, to keep positive with my day. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, and I think, um, it's, you know, it's exactly about getting people to just let's, let's change and employers as well, by the way. Uh, there are yeah. a number of employers who want to be able to retain employees um, as they get as they retire, but they don't have the model to do it right now. Like they they can't do the contracting one day a week, or um, and um, so th- there needs to be also a, a mind shift in, in within corporations. You know, all of that that there's a there's a brain drain there for sure. And you get these incredibly talented people that are going to retire. They don't want to retire. They want to work a day a week. You know, I want to call yeah, it and in. And they've now. got the experience. Yeah. It's an interesting narrative when I think what that 60-year-old, I'm just picking a number, or 55-year-old wants is not that different when that, 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 than what that 35-year-old wants. They want yeah. autonomy. Yeah. They want agency. They want independence. They want a custom experience. They will give their value, but they don't want to be treated like the like a rank and file number. There's a lot of similarities there, I think, where you're right. And and. I'm a corporation and I have 10,000 employees. It's hard to personalize, but yeah. yet we have a society and whether it's the phone in my hand or the world I live in, I demand personalization. Mm-hmm. And so I look at oftentimes people like, oh, the millennials or the Gen Xs and Gen Zs. I'm like, they kind of just want to be treated the way I want to be treated now. I can't really force them or, yeah. or, or, or fault them for wanting to have autonomy and wanting to feel included and wanting to get good feedback. Like these aren't unrealistic demands in no, my opinion. No, no you don't deserve it. that. You got to pay your dues. I'm like, that narrative <laughs> is bullshit. <laughs> Talk to me. I don't like. I never yeah. liked that narrative either. That's why I became oh. self-employed because I couldn't deal with it as an employee. I was like, I'm out of here. I can't deal with this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's it's important. It's it's such an important time to 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 re- get people to think like you're talking about because it is bullshit, really. Especially <laughs> if you've gone through it. So I've gone through it, and I look back and think, man, I wish I would have done something on my own a long time ago. You know. Yeah, right on. But, and it's okay. risky and it's scary. Yeah. But I joked, someone asked me the other day, you know, when, when did you know you were self-employed? I'm like, I think 02 was the last time I got a paycheck. I'm like, well, even if I do crash, I want to be driving, <laughs> right? I don't want to be in the backseat going, I think we're going to crash. I th- hey, I like I think, sh- shut up back there. You're too young. I'm not going to listen to you. I think we're going to hit a tree. I don't know. I at least want to be driving in some whatever weird rationale that is. Oh, I love that. Um, that's, that's so true. I, I could not touch on it, but the health and fitness side, like the taking care of yourself side. Mm-hmm. I think it's mandatory, but I'm fortunate that I have that mindset. I know a lot of individuals, oh, when I have time, then I'll start taking care of myself. That is definitely becomes a diminishing, like the, the hourglass can run out. So thoughts, advice on that? Like, is that just table stakes? <laughs> no, absolutely it is. And, and, and it's about, it's really about um, identifying appropriate things for people. And maybe we don't fit in some of the buckets that currently exist. But it, that's the, 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 the body part of – the formula we have is you know, brain, body, and heart. So brain is the work, or the heart is the relationship, and body, of course, is body. It's, it's really <laughs> – It's the vehicle that carries it all around. Yeah, yeah and, it's, and it, even now something as simple as uh, mindfulness and breathing that you can do or um, – It's free. It's free. It's free. Exactly. Yeah, air is free. So I mean, and so it's absolutely a focus. So it's looking at those three, and they're all interconnected, of course. But you don't necessarily have to be physically healthy anymore to work because of we're working from yeah. home now. 
So that's an incredible well, the, opportunity. The, the, the age of knowledge, knowledge workers creates yeah. a whole different thing. But I would still argue that the healthier the the the, the vessel is that you carry it around in, the better everything else goes. Absolutely, but I have I have a bias, and and I I, I it's a non negotiable for me, and the, so it's never like oh I, you know I'm, I'm never going to fall out of the habit of it because I know just mentally it just doesn't work for me. I need to do it, but I I created that habit early in my life when I maybe had time mm-hmm. and weren't wasn't willing to give up when I kind of could have easily told the story that I didn't have time. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I just two days ago, I was walking by a park and I saw a group of about 30 people going for a hike all uh, over the age of 60. And I thought, you know, like what a great way to spend some time and to connect. And they were all pretty excited, you know, had their poles back all to ready the something, to this, Back to the something and the someone, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's exactly, it's something hiking. And, and they got something. their hiking poles and all their gear. Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah they were all geared up. That it was uh, so. It's an excellent question. I think it's it. It's all together. So it's it definitely it's the brain, the body, and the heart. And then you got to have to address all three. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate the, one the conversation, the dialogue, just around even when the word comes up, someone will say retirement in my executive group. I'm like, can we make sure that can when you even say the word, I almost I want you to define what you think it means because I I bristle at it. But like, let's. It's one of those lost language words. Like, oh yeah, retirement. Oh yeah, I know what you mean. Do, yeah. do you? Do I? <laughs> Should I? It it feels like it, it it is ripe for disruption. I have to disrupt retirement. It is it is clearly no longer serving us, and it's amazing how like how how much we hold on to something we don't even know where it came from. Absolutely, <laughs> even and, why? Yeah, and and you know, there's a there's a it's kind of movement to try and change the word, you know, to re like rehirement and so on. But you know what? We need to we need to just change the word, change the meaning, make yeah. it a bit more flexible, and um, and you know, just change the way we talk about it. I think that that would be very helpful. I, I agree. Well, see, you're clearly living your passion. You're clearly. Um, in a in a space where this seems to energize you, like I chatted with you last time, you had energy coming out coming 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 out of the mic, and I felt that I felt that again today. And <laughs> again, that is this is available to all of you when you live your you know when you live the purpose. It's the, it's the infomercial a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. I think yeah. I think it needs to give people just an inkling, and I hope that's why I do this podcast. Like, huh, huh, you know what? Maybe I'm going to start thinking about that differently. Maybe I'm going to be curious about it. So that's all you can really ask is, as we're Absolutely. all kind of. Uh, I reserve the right to think differently tomorrow based on what I learned today. <laughs> That's a good. That's um, how do people learn more? How do they find out? Like, what's uh, the the internet is a vast place. How do they find you? Mm. Yeah, well, we're gonna we've uh, launched a series of videos already through my LinkedIn profile. Uh, just oh, cool. um, nice. and and we're gonna continue to launch those. Uh, working on getting that uh, have a meeting tomorrow actually about this TV series concept, and um, we'll be Amazing. announcing um, announcing a conference. Probably gonna happen in May. And uh, we'll be announcing it very oh, soon. Oh, nice. So the ball is rolling. This is all like in real time happening. That's fantastic. Yeah, there's a website right now, but there's not much to it right now. It's disruptingretirement.ca. Uh, um, but I, I'm going to say the easy, if someone's very interested in this, the easiest way is to reach out through my LinkedIn profile. Okay. And, um, uh, you know, I can certainly provide lots of information. Uh, we started this last, almost a year ago now, just gathering information, getting some research together. And um, really getting people uh, learning about some stories about retirees. So yeah, that would be the, I would say right for now, it's the best way, but watch, we're going to use LinkedIn as the primary uh, platform to get this thing going because it is geared a lot towards maybe a corporate uh, group of people that are working. And then from there, you know, we have a, we have an Instagram account and uh, well, all the things, but yeah, LinkedIn is things. LinkedIn sounds like your preferred, and it's Briarly with an L E Y at the end. Yes, it is. Someone yeah. said B B R I E R L E Y. Spelling spelling matters, and uh, yes, it does. Yeah. And uh, 
really enjoyed having you on. Happy to, you know, anyways, keep me informed. Happy to support it. I love it. I love any time they're like, hey, this is an old narrative no longer serving. Let's reframe. Let's retell the story. And let's create something that maybe is going to be a little more inclusive and a little more positive for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk about this because it's it just fun. an important, important subject. So I appreciate Amazing. that. Amazing. Steve, thank, thank you so much. And uh, I, uh, I, I, I make this threat. I have a feeling we'll be chatting again. <laughs> Excellent. I'm looking forward to it.